0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Our number three of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show, Jeff Palermo sitting in for Christian Garrick along with... Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. We have one more hour to go before we turn it over to the official LSU pregame show. And then at 7 o'clock, it'll be the Tigers and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama ranked number one, looking for 97 straight wins over unranked opponents. And Alabama looking to improve to 9-0. LSU hoping they can shock the world tonight by uh, pulling off the big upset against the Crimson (laughs) Tide. LSU will start what we uh, believe to be T.J. Finley. That's at least what Coach Ed Orgeron announced on Thursday, that T.J. Finley will be the starting quarterback. So T.J. gets another start. And as many LSU fans know, Herb Tyler started as a freshman back in 1995 as he filled in for Jamie Howard, who went down with a shoulder injury. And, Herb, you were uh, undefeated as a starting quarterback as a freshman. You won what, your last – you won the last four games that year, including yep. the the win over Michigan State in the Independence Bowl.
2: Yes, sir. One one. So we had to win three games in a row in order to go to the bowl game. Um, yeah. And so we ended up winning those games. I think it was uh, I think it was it was North Texas, Arkansas, Ole Miss to win. To, we had to win those games in right. order to go into the you know, be eligible for the, for the bowl game. And then we played Nick Saban's Michigan State Spartans in the Independence Bowl, and, uh, which was a great, great experience for myself. But I, w- I, was, I was speaking on something, and I was talking about originally the first thing that helped me when I came in. So one thing was that I was, you know, playing on the scout team and going against the number ones every week up until yeah. the week that I needed to, to, to play. If that makes sense, so I was going against some really good, you know, guys anyway every day at practice. But what happened was, I guess that because I was playing so well on the scout team, the defensive the leaders on the defense, the seniors and the juniors that were there, they were like, man, this kid is playing pretty good. We need to, you know, let's rally around him whenever whatever he does, even if he just continues to play scout team, because I was winning scout team player a, a week, every week, you know, um, and it was crazy, but. I gained their respect and I gained some sort of understanding from them to say that, Hey, you know what? He might be young. He might be a kid, but he knows what he's doing and he's not afraid. Um, And then, so once I started playing, uh, you know, being the starting quarterback, the first week uh, of, of practice against North Texas, I ended up having um, to kind of win over the, the, the leaders on offense as well. So, I did that by getting us in the right situations, making the right calls, also being tough, uh, making the right plays when I was throwing the football as well as running the football, and then just being that leader and a guy who I who I always knew I was, right? And so that was really key to me, was having the support of not not only uh, uh, the coaching staff, but really the guys that are gonna be on the field with me. Because I was throwing the ball to Eddie Kennison, and um, you know David Lafleur, um, Shedrick Wilson, uh, you know all of these guys were was, was juniors and seniors, and they were going to the next level, and they entrusted me in playing the game in, in the way that I did. Now, the next thing I think that was key was the maturity level. And I don't know, you know, I know these guys do a lot of working out, right? They do a lot of, you know, uh, I guess just, you know, all of the uh, the, the seven on sevens and all of this stuff before they got to LSU. What I was doing, though, before I got to LSU, I was watching Tommy Frazier. I was watching Joe Montana. You know, I was watching uh, 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 Derek Zeno. I was watching guys, uh, Tony Rice. I was watching guys who were, you know, really successful at what they were doing, and I would watch the small things that they were doing. Like, when there was a blitz coming, you know, how did he kind of maneuver his hips or open his hips up in preparation for this blitz? to be able to see, you know, if he was the right-handed quarterback, to, to, to be able to see the entire field, including the very left side of the field, to see that cornerback blitzing off the edge. Um, you know, and then whenever, you know, you would get in certain situations, how did they, you know, set their feet? And then, you know, and Joe Montana, like, I love the way that he had so, such great touch on the football in those types of situations, and he would get the ball out really fast. I remember Derek Zeno just being one of these guys who was just, really tough competitor. He would pull the ball down and run whenever he needed to, but he was throwing the ball all over the field. He was playing great. And then, you know, Tony Rice was one of these guys that ran the option as well as they did drop back passes. So I was watching all of these guys and the way they handled themselves. And that was something that was ingrained in me. So when I had an opportunity to do that, I would go back and I would actually literally have these thoughts going through my head as I was playing. Um, now, now look, all of these guys are, are in my, in my book, you know, top notch hall of fame, no matter whatever they do period, they're the best to me. So I, you know, I would never amount to the things that they did, but I would try to take a little bit of each one of those people's games and incorporate it with mine. And I think that's what really truly helped me, uh, kind of, kind of, you know, kickstart my career as a true freshman, 18 year old, uh, playing at LSU, um, you know, the, the, the senior in maturity level the leadership on the team as well as my maturity level that I came into the the, the team with
1: you mentioned the infrastructure around you though I, I think that's so important and this year well the infrastructure you know, really wasn't set up well for a true freshman yeah you had Terrace well, Marshall but it didn't help when Jamarcus uh, or Jamar Chase made the decision to opt out and I'm not criticizing Jamar I just it's it just you wonder how well uh, Finley or Johnson would have performed if he had the opportunity to throw to both chase and Marshall, how that would just open things up uh, for a team offensively.
2: I think that's, it's difficult to say because still the, the root of the problem is the offensive line play. We're not being able to give these guys enough time to get the ball to whoever they need to get it to. So yeah, of course, Jamar being there would have opened things up a little bit more and, and they might have a few more hundred yards passing, but, Will we actually have more wins is is one thing. Now, you bring up infrastructure, and you're right. Player-wise, our infrastructure was there. I mean, my freshman class included Kevin Falk, Boogie McFarland, Todd McClure, myself, Rondell Mealy, Larry Foster. I mean, I could just keep on going down the line. Um, But, you know, the seniors and juniors and the sophomores that were there, Curly Hallman actually did an excellent job of recruiting. Now, you got to remember also, too, this was DiNardo's first year also so he had just you know he was just hired in december um and then so we come in um in august or whatever it was the following year which was his first year so he had one spring under his belt and no um training camp so we went in the training camp not knowing what to expect and he worked our butts off and he was completely different than curly and everybody else because all the other guys would say it we had a whole team meeting on the back of the white truck, like that meant that if you go to any player in 1995, and you ask them about the white truck team meeting, they're going to, they're going to tell you exactly <laughs> what it was about. He literally was about to walk out until we all realized we had scholarships and we needed to continue to go to school. Right. And so, um, but he worked us that hard to where we could we contemplated walking out because this was just, this is just ridiculous. But at the end of the day, that brought us all together because we actually, you know, was something that that Glenn kind of, it kind of shocked me with what he was saying was the culture, because I thought that Coach O had already changed the culture and the culture yeah. was something really positive moving forward. But in my time, we w- we had to change the culture. We were that you know that, that 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 foot in the ground to start the change for the culture and and we did that. But we had a lot of guys that was willing to do that at the same time.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much of a change of culture that needs to occur. I just think there just needs to be a refocus, right? I I think everybody kind of went there after winning a national championship and everyone patting them on the back and then COVID hits and you don't really have a spring football. Everybody just kind of goes off and does their own thing. Coaches, staff, coaches, staff, players, everyone. And then I think when they came back, Herb, they just weren't the same team. Talent-wise, they weren't connected before like they were. And that was one of the things that Burrow was able to do, was he was able to connect with everyone. I mean, just look at the reaction of the Bengals and the team they were playing in Washington when he went down with that season-ending injury and how everybody came up to him once they finally got him on that cart to, to drive him off the field there. That's what Joe was that. That's something you can't coach. I mean, Miles Brennan could have tried to do that. He could have tried his hardest, but you're kind of born with that. And that's what Joe has. And he was and, and that connectivity spread throughout the entire program. And for whatever reason, they just kind of, they, they just lost their way this season and they didn't never new coaches, new players, new quarterback, new system on defense doing things different on offense because Joe Brady isn't there. So I don't know. I, I, I think yeah. the culture, I, I think they can get the culture back. They just need, as Glenn said, they need a normal offseason.
2: Well, it, you know, as far as the Joe Burrow thing, you can replace the yards, the touchdowns, you know, the rushing yards, the passing yards, that kind of stuff, in which Miles Brennan was actually doing, to be honest with
1: you. Yes, right, right.
2: But you're right. You can't replace the. The, his ability to be able to connect, reach out, touch these guys, feel him to such a magnitude, to where, to where, when he was playing in the in the in the in the championship game, that the Ohio State players he played with three years ago were rooting them on. You know, what I'm saying yeah, like right. He yep. was treating him as, as if he played there. Now, the other thing is we this has been an unprecedented situation precedented situation here with twenty twenty. COVID nineteen hit. So you think about it in the in the in the timeline, right? So LSU played the national championship in what mid January? That's right. And then two months later, literally the everything was shut down.
1: The world changes.
2: Everything changes. It's it's hard to believe that we they actually won the championship this year, this same year, it just seems like <laughs> yeah. years ago, right? And it seems like it was such a different time. But
1: yeah. two
2: months yeah. after that, everything shut down. And you're right, everybody had to – you had to – it was almost like you had to fend for yourself, right? You had to do the right things and make the right calls and right situations. But at the same time, guess what happened right before that happened? They lose Dave Aranda. They lose um, uh, uh, Joe Brady. Joe Brady, who – I don't care what anybody says, Joe Brady is the reason why our offense clicked so much last year. I love Steve Steve Inzminger, and I think he is the offensive coordinator. But I think Joe Brady brought a swag and a connection with him that was just un you know, unmatched. Nobody yeah. can do that either. That's just I just I just don't see where they have that anymore. Um and so you lose that, you know, you lose those two guys, you bring in two new guys, you lose all of your spring, you lose all of your summer essentially. And then you you kind of, you know, going through the motions, if you will, for fall camp. And then here we are. So and then so you don't know what you have. You don't know what you don't have. You don't know any of that stuff. So it's it's difficult. And I would say that at the very least, it's difficult. However, there's still something else out there that you can't say that Nick Saban didn't go through the same thing. Right. You can't say that, uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney didn't go through the same thing. Now, maybe not losing their coaches, so i got to give yeah. LSU that. But at the end of the day, nobody else had spring practices. Nobody else had summers. They didn't have fall camps or anything like that. So what exactly is it that's going on at this present moment that's causing the Tigers to not play as well as we know that they can play, especially with the talent that they have on the team?
1: I think it comes down to focus, Herb. And, you know, we t- we started the show about the team's inability to pick up blitz packages last yep. week and – And I think a lot of that, when you watch that game and after you you take it in and you try to figure out what happened, was the offensive line dialed in that night? Were were they really focused in on what their game plan was supposed to be? Because it didn't look like it. It it certainly didn't look like it. uh, Were the receivers dialed in? When we talk about Eric Gilbert, I don't know if he had that great of a game last week against Texas A&M. I mean there were times where he he should have cut off his route, he should have known this, yep. he should and, and he's a freshman. So it's it, it, it's hard. Uh the, the, he wasn't connected with whoever the quarterback was at was in that game. So Oh yeah. Um I think this LSU defense because they got their they've been getting their their, their butts beat in for the first half of the season. They're dialed in and I think there's a pride factor that eventually comes through on you and he said you know what i gotta i gotta get my stuff together here or uh, i'm not gonna be at lsu anymore and or and i'm not gonna play and maybe we see that from the offense here today maybe we see uh, even though they they might not be able to score that many points they might not even be able to score 20 points but if they look like they have a clue on what's going on i think you feel a little bit better of a thing so we'll see how that transpires we're a little late for a break Herb, let's, let's get to the break, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the personnel that LSU has at this moment as they uh, try to finish off this season strong despite a very difficult stretch of games that's yeah. facing the Tigers at this point. Uh, Alabama today, Florida next week, Old Miss the week after that. So uh, obviously a tough stretch here for LSU. Um, we'll take a break. More coming up. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and trust tiger tailgate and show jeff palermo along with herb tyler on wwl back here on the Gulf coast bank and trust tiger tailgate and show jeff palermo in for christian garrick with herb tyler one of lsu's all-time leading quarterbacks we have about 30 minutes left to go in this show and then we'll turn it over to lsu's official pregame show if you want to get involved give us a call on the hood lending.com talk and text line that's 504-260-1870 and joining us on the Hoodat Lending. Talk and text line. It's Jerry from Metairie Jerry. Thanks a lot for listening. And what's your thoughts on this current state of the LSU Tigers?
3: I think that uh, I listened to what Herb has to say and I listened to what you had to say about it. And I think that it boils down to something that the Brady's and the Burroughs and the coaches did last year, which they have not been able to do this year and that is the two-on-twos with with Burrow and his receivers so that he could understand and knew when they were going to make their cuts and when they weren't going to make their cuts and how they were going to turn back to him so that it became ingrained in them as second nature. I don't see where anybody has asked that they follow that routine this year And it's something that's sadly missed because those are the same attributes that are attributed to Drew Brees and what his players say that those those leadership roles in taking on positions could go with the offensive line, the defensive line, the defensive backs, and the offensive backs where they just break it down – so that the quarterbacks know when the guys are going to cut, when they're not going to cut, which way they're going to turn, and it helps their discipline in making and understanding what plays they have to call. It also comes from the fact that Burrow had some very innovative things, and even Coach O had advisors, like he had uh, John Robinson, who was the former coach at Southern Cal, So all of these things show that if you have a workmanlike preparation, you will then be able to get in and do the job when it becomes game time, and even more so for the freshman quarterbacks because they get to learn the same way. And that comes from preparation and putting the time in on the practice field. And I know colleges have limited time during the course of a week to do it, but sometimes these out-of-pocket uh, mini-camps between the different people help to make things better along the way.
2: I'll yeah, all of that makes sense. The biggest issue, though, is the fact that they did not have the off-season to be able to do 90% of that. Now, the other thing, too, is, unless all of us not forget, that Miles Brennan was playing very very well and was connecting with his receivers up until the moment that he got hurt. Um, so it's, it's it's a it's a new a new day when you get you know you got to throw in the two freshmen in there, and they haven't had because you got to remember Miles went through what you're talking about now last year with Joe Brady and Joe Burrow and the receivers, but the freshman guys did not get the chance to go through that. And so I think you're right. You're touching on something that's that's absolutely true. However, we got to understand though, we didn't have the off season and we also are not having the offensive line play that we had last year. Cause you could remember Joe Burrow would literally sit back there for hours and then pick the defense apart and throw it throw the ball to whoever needed to be thrown to, or Joe would make the, you know, the, the perfect quick, fast read and throw a perfect pinpoint accurate pass to be able to complete it. Uh, so, so you you are right, but I do think that 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 we have to make sure we understand that this is an unprecedented year where these guys literally have had no offseason, like like not a normal offseason anyway. And so, but we were actually here's the thing. The, the kicker is this: Miles Brendan was playing very well, even though we we lost the first game. That wasn't Miles Brendan's fault um against Mississippi state when we lost against Missouri was not miles bringing fault. We should have called some better plays down at the end of that game inside the five yard line in order to punch that, that did the football in the, to win that game. However, the defense wasn't playing well either. So we were giving up way too many points and we didn't do that last year. We were scoring really well early on in the season this year, but we were giving up one too many points. I mean, you can't do that. So, I think that if the if we would have continued to have, have Miles play at the level that he was playing, I think that – and then the defense would start to come around, we would start seeing some better play. However, we haven't had that opportunity to have that due to injury.
1: One of the things that you hear a lot, Herb, is, well, how come Alabama doesn't – how come this doesn't happen to Alabama? Uh, Nick Sabre – or I should say, uh, Ed Orgeron talked about it a little bit on his – radio show Wednesday night. He's in his fourth season where Nick Saban, what is he? Uh, 12, 15, 12. Yeah. So uh, 14 season at Alabama, he's got the personnel. If they lose a bunch of players, it's a little bit easier to restock. Same with uh, Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. And then take a look at this here. Here's the other thing. And then some will make the argument. Well, Alabama didn't have an off season either. But look at their, at least look at their skill position players. Mac Jones, a junior. Devontae Smith, senior. Uh, Jalen Waddell, junior. Najee Harris, senior. I mean, these guys have been together for what almost seems like to them forever, right? I, I mean, even though Mac Jones, this is really his first full year of starting, uh, he was able to build that connection with these guys last year when Tua was out with injuries. So it's just, it's, it's hard to compare what's happening here at LSU to what's happening in Alabama. And that's why I make the point that um, I don't think you need this huge culture change. Like, like when Ed first took over for less, a, a total different attitude yeah. needed to be taken yeah. on. The, the, the program yeah. became flat. There was just nothing exciting about it. Uh, they, they needed somebody to energize it. And um, I don't think that necessarily needs to happen here. I just think they need to get focused. They need a normal off season and let's see. Now, if we're sitting here, Herb, in 2021 in December, and hopefully we'll have a regular season, a normal season. So if we're at this same point next year, that means the regular season's done. And today's the SEC championship game. And if LSU goes... Six and six or seven and five, and it it was it was ugly at times. Then we can start talking about like what is really going on here. Uh, I I don't think as, as bad as it's looked at times this season, Herb. I don't think they're that far away. Now they they're need not. some guys. I agree. Now they need some guys to develop, and, and that's what I kind of want to talk about in the next segment. They need to figure out some guys on the offensive line. You you basically now have to rebuild your wide receiver unit, right? You, you don't Jamar chase has been gone for a long time. Terrace Marshall's out the door, racing math. Who knows if he plays again this season, you have to rebuild this wide receiver unit. Do these wide receivers that they, now you got a good start with Eric Gilbert. If you include him in that, but do these other guys, are the Trey Palmers of the world? Are the Kayshawn boot of the world are the coy Moores of the world. Are these guys going to develop and become the next Terrace Marshall, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase? I don't, I'm not saying they can equal what those three guys did, but can they become terrific wide receivers at LSU? Why don't we get into that when we come back as we continue on here with the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show, getting you ready for LSU Alabama tonight. The official LSU pregame show starts at 5. We're here for another 20 more minutes. If you want to jump in, Give us a call on the whodatlending.com talk and text line 504-260-1870. Sitting in for Christian Garrick, Jeff Palermo, along with Herb Tyler, the former LSU quarterback on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. When you look at the top 25 scoreboard this afternoon, a couple of interesting scores right now. Illinois leading 19th ranked Iowa early in the third quarter, 14-3. to three, And Stanford up big over 22nd ranked Washington, 24-3 to three at halftime. But we're talking about LSU. We're talking about the future after what happens after the season, Herb. And I think uh, we, we've talked a lot about the defense. I think that's going to continue to grow. Um, it remains to be seen. Does Bo Pelini come back for a second season? I, I think we need to see what happens here in these final three games against really good offensive teams. So I, I think I'd rather for this period, just kind of focus in on the offense here Um Okay. And I mentioned it right before going to the break. Uh, we, we can now kind of turn the page right on the, what, what a great chapter it was with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall. Now that those three guys have officially moved on and Jefferson is making a run to be the NFC ro- Rookie of the Year and Jamar and Terrace are going to be probably successful NFL players themselves. So who's going to step up now? Uh, Racy McMath did not have that breakout season that we were anticipating him having for whatever reason. Now he's hurt. Who knows when he comes back, not expected to play tonight. So you, you got some guys here. Jarae Jenkins has been the breakout guy this year. Uh, how much more does he develop? He's a sophomore. Um, K-John booty uh, starting to see him get a little bit more involved. How much does he develop? Coy Moore. Can he develop Trey Palmer? He hasn't really played at all since the Auburn game. Uh, how much does he develop here? And then LSU's got a really good class of wide receivers that are coming in that will likely sign later on this month from Chris Hilton at Zachary, Brian Thomas at Walker. Uh, you got Jack Besh over at St. Thomas Moore in Lafayette. Uh, those, mm-hmm. are, those guys are supposed to be real. I, I've seen them all play. They, they look like terrific players. Hilton's a speed guy. Besh is going to be kind of physical thomas is a guy that can go up and and get the ball high point the ball and so forth so can they develop these guys and make them i don't know if you could duplicate what you had with marshall jefferson and chase but can you have something similar to that
2: i think you can and i think these guys are all capable of doing that but it's not so much just going to be those guys so Let's say it like this: All of the the guys that you named first that are on the team now, uh, you know, Butte Jenkins, um, Palmer, uh, all these guys, they're going to get better. They're going to they're going to they're going to they're going to mature. They're going to maturate. They're going to make sure that they're doing the right things. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get bigger. They're going to get faster. They're going to do all of those things. Now, it's going to be whether or not they have that will that want to. And what we call in the locker room, that dog in them. Are they going to be able to go out there and just impose their will and do it game in, game out that, you know, this is what Jamar, Justin, and Terrence would do. They would just go out there and show you, hey, I'm from LSU, and we're going to play Tiger football, baby, and that's all we got. And we're not going to play anything less than that. We just need to see that from those guys. The other thing is going to be we need everybody to do that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Last year, everybody did that you know um uh, up front on the and it starts starts up front on the offensive line we got to get these we got to see what Cardell Thomas is made up you know we got to find out you know uh, um you know who Desmond Little is you know what i'm saying we got to yeah, find there, out there's a lot
1: of guys on that offensive line herb that we we don't that have been just sitting around not i don't want to say sitting around but they haven't played yet this season but are expected Correct. to be big big parts of the of this program's future
2: and a lot of them are freshmen, and I'm, yes, I'm looking are. down the line. I mean, more than half of them are freshmen, and I understand that. So let's figure out what they're going to do. Um, and I think that we got to make sure we can get those big boys up front, really active, really uh, co- confident, and committed to to stonewalling everybody that they play, because that's where it starts. I agree with you. I think that the the, the receivers are definitely going to to, to, to be what they're going to be, but it all starts up front. And then what are the quarterbacks going to do? How are they going to mature? How are they going to get better? Is miles Brendan coming back next year? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if he does, is it his team or, or, or will, you know, Johnson or, or, or Finley get, you know, much better after playing this year and then going through hopefully a real spring practice. Um, and and it's going to be tough to see and 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 find out if that's going to happen or not. Uh, we got some time to go, so we need TJ and we need Max to grow up tonight. <laughs> you know, yeah, what I'm they're going to have to and grow up over the next three playing, games. Right, whoever's playing on that offensive line, they need to grow up tonight, and they need to prepare it. So, I think one of the biggest things that 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 our caller was trying to say is the you know you, if you go to the coaches. And you, you got to place some blame on them to figure out whether or not they really did everything they could do, which I think they did, uh, to prepare these guys to be ready to play the caliber of football that we're used to seeing these guys play. And, I, I, I look, I got I to think that the coaches are doing that. It's just maybe how do you get that across? How do you really get those guys' motors going so that they can actually translate that from the classroom, from the practice field to the actual game inside Tiger Stadium or whatever stadium that they're playing in?
1: Here's some of those young names on the offensive line: Marlon Martinez, yep. Anthony Bradford, Marcus mm-hmm. Dummerville, uh, Charles Turner, Thomas Perry, who's a, a kid from Lafayette. I mean, that yep. right there; those names right there, uh, and and can, and, 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 yeah. and Cameron Wire. We saw him start a little. We saw him play a little bit this season. He's just a soft, Well, and remember, everybody stays the same basic year-wise. This year is basically a free year when it comes to eligibility, exactly. anyways so exactly. uh, it, it, it's up to them to to develop I mean there's a there is the potential that Liam Shanahan can come back next year base again this is just basically a free year for everyone so that's a possibility as well um so that's that's kind of where the focus is, is to get this offense back and yeah uh the defense has got its issue issues her but the, what you're seeing in college football nowadays if you can't score, you ain't 40 win. points a game you're, or 35 points a game, you're not going anywhere.
2: No, and the one thing that is no comparison in, in, in this, you know, with Alabama and Nick Saban, what he has done, and then also, you know, Dabo, Dabo Sweeney, um, you know, the same thing, you, you know, can be said with Urban Meyer when he was coaching, is up front, offensive linemen, the, they made that a priority, especially Nick Saban. He makes it a priority. Come in Louisiana go to Mississippi, to go to Indiana, Iowa, wherever he's got to go to go get the best offensive lineman that he can to bring into his program. If you notice, um, they are never without a number one draft pick on the offensive line. They always have yeah. one. Yeah. And, um, and and it's key, and he's right. I mean, that's, that's, that's where they start up front, the, 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 two, the two lines, the offensive line and the defensive line. Is where the key to winning each game is. No matter what anybody says, you can have the best of the best everywhere else, but if you can't control the line of scrimmage, you're not going to win the football game. I can tell you that right now. But um, so I, 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 just I look. I think Coach, Coach O can actually get to that Nick Saban point as far as the recruiting is concerned, and and have the guys in the Staples. Because if you just you just rattled off. Four freshmen right now that we really truly haven't seen play yet. Yeah, that are there. So now we just got to recruit two more next year, then four more the following year. You know, to where it it we keep the staple of of Lyman there, uh, over the course of time four years, if you will every four years if you call it that
1: herb let's take our final break when we come back we'll just give us we'll give our our, what we want to see here tonight uh, between lsu and alabama and we'll wrap it up and then turn it over to the official pregame show on the lsu sports radio network we're a little over two hours away from kickoff between LSU and Alabama. We'll wrap things up when we come back on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on radio.com. Wrapping it up on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, Jeff Palermo sitting in for Christian Garrick, along with former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. Herb, what do you want to see tonight from the Tigers?
2: I, You know, we got to protect our home turf. we got to protect Tiger Stadium. We can't just let these guys come in here and just roll over us and all this other stuff. I think that the guys have uh, some pride in them, and they're going to they're gonna take this game way more serious than anybody else's right now. Uh, everybody in the media or uh, in, in in every aspect of it is not giving the Tigers any chance at all to win this game or even play competitive with a 29-and-a-half point spread. But I, I just don't see that happening. I think the guys are going to come out. They're going to have – their the, the foot in the ground and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna give it everything that they have and they're gonna do the very best that they have and I just want to see them just play like that and leave it all on the field and put their hearts out there and let everybody know that we're here and we're tight.
1: Herb it was a good show we'll talk to you again next Saturday yes sir. Alright that is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show for Dave Potter, Herb Tyler, I'm Jeff Plermel. enjoy the game everyone tonight
0: Okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you